Welcome to Your Own Words, a podcast that celebrates the love of reading with real people and real books, both critically acclaimed and slated. Listeners are encouraged to read along and join the journey to the libraries of friends newly discovered. This podcast may contain spoilers, feminist rants, curse words and mispronunciations of names, cities and more. had a, a way of saying hello that was so uh, catchy, catchy, crazy, um, infamous. Infamous. <laughs> uh, how are you? I'm, um, yeah, good. Isn't it a lovely day in Soho? It is. For we once. have never said that. I know. It's such a nice I day I think it's because it's the morning and it's quiet. No one's here. There's like autumn leaves rustling mm-hmm. in the streets. Mm-hmm. The sun is shining. Yeah, it's a good day. I really like it here now. Let's leave before it gets yeah, so heavy. <laughs> Um, how have you been since you, have you had another pumpkin spice latte? I, I feel like that might have been a one hit wonder. (laughs) We are nearing, um, it's nearly Christmas season. So there's like a peppermint mocha. Oh, I heard a rumor. Uh, Starbucks (laughs) promo code. Starbucks have bought, uh, it's like roast marshmallow. Is there one this year? Roast marshmallow, hot chocolate, I think is their seasonal. Because how else would you read a book than with a... Mm. Roast marshmallow, hot chocolate. No, 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 no. More importantly, mm. mold wine season. <laughs> oh, hi, yeah. Uh, yes. Don't we have plans for that? Can we make plans for that? Uh, I have plans in my head right now. Okay, we're we, going to drink some? We're going to drink some cool. mold wine. Okay. We're going to go to the South Bank. Yes. Get some mold wine. Yes. Then go to that like outdoor under the bridge book. Buy books. That's thing. my favorite place on the planet. And also, that's my favorite bridge in London. Did you know it was built entirely by women? I didn't know mm. that. Which During bridge is that? The Women's Bridge. No. <laughs> 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 Listen, I've only been here almost five years. <laughs> the Waterloo Bridge, where the BFI is and where that um, mm-hmm. bookshop is. Mm-hmm. Um, during the war, it was built entirely by women, um, engineered and constructed. And tied- some amazing photos of women like laying those bricks. It's amazing. And then, you know, the men came back and they had to get back in the kitchen. But for a while there, they built a fucking good bridge. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's sort of known like, amongst the people that know it's the Women's Bridge. And to everyone else, it's bridge that's fantastic it's like it's such a good bridge as well and if you stand in the middle and look down across the books you just have this stu- it's lit underneath so you've got this stunning mm. spine across london that sounds amazing okay so there's our plans and mold wine. um do we have any other uh, special events we need to uh shout out uh so it's my my brother's birthday on bonfire night which is on tuesday which is like wednesday this episode it, will be coming out after that, so happy belated. Happy but belated. we're recording this before, so we're thinking of you now, yeah. Brotown. Happy birthday, Brotown. Um, keep listening. You're really old now. Can you imagine he stops listening? <laughs> yeah, he fucked that up. What a jerk. All right. Um, shall we uh, get get right into it? Yeah. Cool. Is it? It's you first. Is it me first? <laughs> <laughs> oh Wait, uh, should we be like episode 10? Like, yay. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> It's episode 10. <laughs> it's because last time we did the big nine. <laughs> Even this the is bigger just, deal than nine. Yeah. This, the big this, nine. Is, this is just a casual um, episode 10. Yeah, we've made it to 10 oh episodes. Oh my God, wow. That's a lot. That's really that's cool. That's like 10 months? No. Nope. Weeks? No. No. Nope. We do it bi-weekly. <laughs> do do oh. some maths. That's 10 books, though. That's six. Is that six months? That's six months. Shit. 
It was really hot when we started this, mm. and now it's it's chillier. Well, it's always hot in the podcast room. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so I made sure to warn <laughs> yeah. our guests today, which I need to do from now on. <laughs> We're going um, underground. Dear future um, guests, it's very, very warm in the podcast Yeah, please studio. bring your summer clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, happy ten, episode 10. Ten, ten episodes. Well done. Well That's done. a lot of reading. Yeah. Hopefully you've all been reading along with us, <laughs> yeah. and congrats to you, too. Well done, guys. Fabulous. Well, that said, let's uh, see what the 10th book is. Do you want to talk about um, the author? Should we find out about this chappy? Yeah, I actually did not read your synopsis, so this is... Okay, cool. He turned out to be way more interesting than I thought he was going to be, but I went purely on the name Aidan Chambers, which I thought, sounds like a boring man. I was wrong. (laughs) Wow. um, Yeah. Aidan Chambers is a British young adults and children's author who has won the Carnegie Medal and the Prince Award for his 1999 novel Postcards from No Man's Land. In 2002, he won the International Hans Christian Andersen Award for his lasting contribution to children's literature. I had never heard of him. Had you heard of him? No. No? Okay, well, lasting contribution. He was born in Durham in 1934, and as he was considered slow by teachers, did not learn to read properly till the age of nine. I bet they're laughing now. He was in the Royal Navy as part of his national service before training as a teacher and later joining the monastery and becoming a monk. His 1987 young adults novel, Now I Know, is based partly on his experiences as a monk. In 1967, he left the monastery to focus on writing and has won a number of awards and honours, including the Elena Fajun, I think, award, the Carnegie Medal, Hans Christian Andersen, and honorary doctorates of philosophy, letters and literature. Novels for young adults include Break Time, Dance on My Grave, Now I Know, The Toll, Bridge, and Today's Postcards from No Man's Land. Wow. What a fucking interesting guy. Crazy. Like, slow, navy, teacher, monk, award-winning novelist. I I mean, it just makes me feel like I've done absolutely nothing. I have achieved nothing nothing. with my life. I went to the shop. I read some books. I mean, to be fair, Stephen King was the last episode. (laughs) We're on a roll with that. Aiden, jeez. Cool. I have just realized I forgot where I got the synopsis from. Oh, yeah. Wikipedia super helped me out, I must say. So, today's book. I'm going to uh, insert a caveat here before we kind of delve too far into this, that one of the main characters of this novel has a completely unpronounceable, to anyone who's not Dutch, name um it's basically the dutch version of gertrude i think our lovely guest is going to have a go at it once we introduce her but the name comes up in the synopsis so i am just going to refer to her as gertrude and we will probably continue to do that throughout the episode so sorry holland i mean they'll be fine um so in this the fifth of six novels which explore different aspects of teenage love and self-discovery chambers explores a number of provocative philosophical and ethical issues The stories of Gertrude, a terminally ill Dutch woman in her 70s, and Jacob, a 17-year-old English boy visiting Amsterdam, are linked by another Jacob, a young British soldier who parachuted into Arnhem in 1944. Gertrude tells her own story, Jacob's is told for him, but each narrative moves inexorably towards the other, exploring relationships, sexuality, life and death, and offering readers the opportunity to examine their own reactions in the dilemmas posed. Powerfully and poetically written, the novel also provides a vivid addition to wartime reminiscences, like those of Anne Frank, a moving, richly layered, and atmospheric novel that will challenge and inspire readers. That's a good synopsis, whoever wrote that. I mean, would you like to introduce our lovely patient guest? guest. (laughs) 
Um, today's guest is Jo Wood. Jo has a long-time interest in people and their peculiarities. She has spent the past couple of years figuring out the things that really challenge her and require courage, as well as the stuck patterns she is in. One way of breaking out of this has been through improvisation, as well as through her blog, Wood for the Trees. She also has a drive to be better, do better in the small ways she can. Yay. Hi, Jo. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's we, Yeah, yay. We are going to start off with a few questions. I actually prepared some Yeah, I can see. Um, do you want to jump in first? Yeah, I'll ask you a question first. Um, what is more important to you? So we're just going to get to know you as a reader a little bit with some Q&A. Um, what is more important to you in a book, prose or story? Um, so the, the books that I've... Um, really like loved the most often when they really have an impact on me is when they make me want to write myself and I think when that happens it's because the it's the prose and I'm I'm just like you know wow I wish I could write like that um which is what I've got I got from uh, Jonathan Safran Foer which is why that was ne- <sighs> nearly <laughs> one of the books that I one of the books that just, I wanted to talk about <laughs> I'm just screaming right now my goddess of yes. a man so oh, we're, we're big fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's the love of my life. Yeah. He doesn't know it yet, um, but we are to be wed. Yeah. It's like in, in You heard it here in first. Literature. <laughs> wed in literature. So, yeah. So prose. I think I think a combination so. of the two is important. It's Obviously. the way with words, isn't it? Like, this is why we always, you know, snapping paragraphs or have you got to this bit? And it's like, it's not... We don't take a picture of the whole story. We take a picture of a paragraph or a turn of phrase or a lovely little sentence because of how it's written. And that really, that's the bit that gets you, I think. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Because you can have a book which is on paper the most incredibly interesting story. Mm. But if it's not written well, you might not ever find out what that story is. Yeah. And I think also, like, different people are drawn to different styles of writing. Um, I, in in fact, I'm drawn to a lot of different ones. Like I always say that I'm like really, really in love with like really rich, poetic, lyrical prose. Yeah. Like, so when we did Angela Carter, I was like in heaven. It was so beautiful. Um, and things like I don't know, like Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier, yeah. and these like really, really like rich, potent things. But then I chose Douglas Copeland for my book, which is like the, the complete <laughs> opposite style of writing. It's so just like hard line, so staccato, yeah. so basic. Um, but there's something brilliant about that too, and that may have to do with the story. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think it's a good answer. So I asked you an impossible question. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. No, it's well. a, it's a good, good question. <laughs> nice to meet you. This is this is how we like to make people feel comfortable. We really like put the spotlight on them. I just thought, oh, that's a really good question. It's a good question. I literally just... googled questions to ask book lovers. <laughs> <laughs> For episode 10, we're really, like, nailing it. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. I'm like, yeah. what is a book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I will ask you a question now. <laughs> Actually, do just really want to ask you about Jonathan Safran for um, But how do you discover new books? Where do you where do you find books? What draws you to a book? Oh, it's really embarrassing. But the, at the moment, one of the main ways that I... I don't even want to give that as the answer. I'm going to tell you, but you should edit it out. One of the main things totally that... Totally not editing <laughs> it out. You should never say that before you answer a question. Um, is right now, it's the Amazon uh, special offer email that I get every day, Ooh, which all the not, books that are 99p... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with for that. ...for Kindle. Yeah. Um, and... It is use a lot of them are really trashy, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to read them. Um, 
but it makes me aware of books that I might have not been aware of otherwise. It's a bit like the kind of like yeah. Spotify yeah, yeah. Um, playlist made for you. Um, so that at the moment is what's been really useful. To be fair, they put a lot of really good books do, on for yeah. 99B as well. And we've spoken about this before. Like I similarly will go into Waterstones, go round their tables of stuff, and I'll be either be drawn to a cover or I'll be drawn to a title or I'll, there'll be an author that I didn't know had a new book out or it's on like a, a table where I love lots of the authors. I'm like, oh, okay, so who's this person? Because obviously connected somehow. And I won't necessarily like pick it up and buy it then, but I might go home and like find out about the book and then see. Because it is just it's putting something in your mind, isn't it? To... Um, speaking of that, this is a perfect segue into my next question for you. Um, what's next on your <coughs> TBR to be read pile? So I'm sort of, this isn't quite answering a question, but I'm reading two books at the moment, mm. which I used to do when I was a kid a lot. Um, and it, I can't do it. I yeah I, I didn't do it for years but now I've recently delved into mm, that yeah and it's because I'm re um, and maybe I'm jumping ahead to another question but I'm it's a hardback book that I'm reading um I'm reading in my like lunch breaks I, I work from home you're so, reading a hardback in a lunch break yeah because I you know and then I read Kindle in bed because hmm. it's e- it's easier to hold it <laughs> I mean we'll get the, it's a really big book <laughs> this so is the next question yeah yeah <laughs> so um it's um. The Secret Commonwealth uh, by Philip Pullman. So, um, and that's the hardback you're reading yeah, today. Yeah, and that's big. Um, so that's what I'm reading at the moment. And then I'm reading Call Me Call Me by Your Name. Oh, oh we'll come how to is that. that. No, no, no. Call Me by Your oh, Name. Oh no, is... that's yes, yes. The film which I hated. I haven't seen the film. Awful. Don't watch it. Okay. So was that really not what you were asking? <laughs> because you asked what's coming up next, and I just said what I'm reading. No, that's totally reading fine. Now. But that does lead, that does lead us into this question. is a big question. <laughs> um, uh, I know that you have listened to a few of our episodes, so you know what's coming. Thanks for being listening. So then you know that Beck and I have an ongoing war. Um, I'd say it's more of a battle than a war. Yeah, that's so much. More, <laughs> that's a nicer, gentler way to put it. Um, so. You won't disappoint either of us. <laughs> you won't disappoint either. <laughs> um, are no you? Pressure. But she did mention Kindle, so this could be yeah, like a whole could... other situation. Um, teen paperback? Teen play? So, I think someone else said this on a previous episode, So I and I think it might disappoint both of you. And I'm not picking Kindle, don't worry. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't but, have a name for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would say I buy hardback books when they're kind of special to me um and so like the new um philip pullman book i was really excited about it coming out and it felt like this special thing that i'd waited and i've been reading it since i was a kid so i got hardback and i'm really pleased about that but i'm not taking it anywhere i'm not even reading it in bed because that feels difficult um and then yeah and i kind of like buying secondhand books and getting paperbacks and like I still look after them but I don't really mind if they get a little bit like mm-hmm. tatty so I'm afraid it just so depends plinth for posterity which I think someone did say before and it being sp- yeah like special yeah. yeah and paperback for reading but I just and throwing around of, yeah but like both just the physical thing of a book is just so special that I and I find that with both like keeping them really nice I like because with you know that especially when it's like a book that you've got the, you've got the hardback version like wow um but then also they're like even when they get a, beat, a bit beaten up mm-hmm. paperback it's almost also quite special in that way because yeah. it's like ah like 
I've taken it with me here yeah, and it's been in my bag. And, you can and see how loved it. So they yeah. serve different purposes. That's fine. Yeah, you can have that one. That's a fine answer. That's, that's, that's a, a I don't, perfectly yeah. that's a fine answer. <laughs> I do read paperbacks. <laughs> I don't read pens. <laughs> she, she definitely does not. I, like, every time I'm like, oh my God, I have to wait a year. She will refuse, I refuse to read a book I, I because refuse. it's a hardback, which not, I think is a bit ridiculous. I did read. My only exception was uh, the Jonathan Saffron Ferrer, Here I Am, which which, huge, which I did read in Plinth purely because he's couldn't my wait. literary husband and I just couldn't wait. But then I've been stalked by the paperback version every time I've gone into a second-hand <laughs> bookshop recently yeah, they have the second You gave me your hardback. Oh, yeah, I did, <laughs> I did get rid of it. Um, but I even, <laughs> rid of it. I even kept the dust cover on that book. You did. I appreciate so that's it because the, I like to keep the dust covers. JSF, you are the, the one, oh <laughs> one salvation of Plinth for me. I'll make sure to tag in this episode <laughs> so he can... Get his restraining order sorted. <laughs> um, I was going to say feel the love, but yeah. Also. Oh, they're, they're much the same thing. <laughs> so, fair. Now that that's settled, uh, let's talk about this book. Um, yeah. Postcards from No Man's Land. I had never heard from it. I've about never it. heard of it. I never heard from it. <laughs> um, it never called you up. It never <laughs> called me up. Yeah, Alison, it's Aiden. Um, Joe, do you want to kind of tell our listeners what this book is about who the characters are and we can kind of chat it through a bit before we talk about kind of what it means to you and why you chose it sure uh so the the book is split um so you'll have a chapter that's set in modern day which is the 90s yeah i think it's 94 yeah, yeah. And then that's modern to us. That's yeah, <laughs> that's about where I stopped. That's like yeah. <laughs> ninety-seven came. I'm like, nope. <laughs> oh, that's a lie. Like ninety-eight a lot. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> and then um, the other chapter that they like alternates between is uh, occupied ne- the Netherlands um, in World War Two. So that's kind of like where you going between. And then the the modern day part is following the story of Jacob, as you said in the introduction, seventeen um, year old boy. And his like first trip abroad, he's on his own. He's like meeting some of his grandmother's friends um, and their family. And he's kind of, yeah, like his kind of first adventure, I guess, that he's going on. Quite a lot of first adventures. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know how much detail to go into here, but... Well, we can, I mean, so just for a bit of context, um, and because I did this much research last night. Um, so the story is set in uh, 1944, in the thick of World War II, um, during the Battle of Arnhem, which was, um, what I got this from somewhere on the internet, a bold but ultimately failed attempt to outflank German defenses in Northwest Europe uh, by establishing a bridgehead across the Lower Rhine River um, in the Dutch town of Arnhem. So it was, I think, one of the biggest... Um, I wish I had Googled the words for this, but uh, like parachute, parachute drops kind of thing. drops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's probably a it's word. One of the biggest parachute drops. <laughs> like, it's like the most, like thousands and thousands of yeah. soldiers um, were came down in parachutes. Um, and in this story, the other Jacob, the the Jacob in 1944, was a British soldier, being one of those, um, kind of came in this attempt to liberate um, the Dutch people at that time. So. The story flashes back, um, and I think one of the interesting things, um, and it, it is mentioned in that synopsis, which is why I chose that one, because it really kind of gave a, a kind of a deeper feeling um, as to what's going on. But the actually, we should say, do you want to try to pronounce her name? Oh, God, I feel like I've already forgotten. 
Chetri. Yeah, perfect. That's pretty good. That sounds great to me. Yeah. For, so I read this first book, read this book when I was about 11, and in my head, voice, <laughs> it's been Gertrui. Yeah. For, yeah, until, yeah. I until we... My Dutch friend, and she's like, Gertrui, Gertrui. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> so we're going to refer to her as Gertrude. We're going to call yeah. her Gertrude. To be fair, in the book, it's a running joke that like that he can't say he her name. can't yeah. say her name. He yeah. calls her Maria, so I mean, he really he really <laughs> yeah. gives up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll call you someone else, darling. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is an interesting thing. I find that, like as you said, so it flashes back into the past um, and then into the the present day. Um, how the the bits from the past are written in first person mm. yeah. um, from Gertrude's perspective. So you get this like deep kind of rich um, experience of, of her time. Um, but the modern day stuff is written in third person. So you're just kind that of a spectator, me, yeah. which it did it kind of... It took me a while to get my head around that. Throw me off at first, I think. it Because yeah. you're not used to a story being told from two different perspectives. I think especially when you start with the first person. Because mm-hmm. then you're very much in someone's head and then suddenly you're outside. Whereas the other way around, I think, is a bit easier to get your head around. Because mm-hmm. I was literally, I'm like, I'm in someone's head. And then I was watching someone and it mm-hmm. just, it threw me a little bit. Yeah. I had never noticed that before. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting because I'm, and I'm curious to hear your take on it, especially as, because you didn't realize, and I didn't, I don't think really until the end and, mm. And I was like kind of looking into it a bit more. But did you find that you connected to one half of the book a little bit more? Strangely, yeah. I, th- I think like modern day 17-year-old Jacob. And maybe that's because of when I read you it. You read it when you were really young. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, he seemed a lot older, but also not that far away in age. Um, yeah. And probably maybe still now. Yeah. But I probably connected with sorry, Gertrude. Uh, <laughs> well, well done for trying. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even attempt it. So I think we know saying. our limitations. See, I was interested. So you, you reread it b- yeah. for this. Yes, yes. Have, so you, had, have you read it in that intermittent time or did you read it when you were 11 and now? So I think I read it a few times, you know, like when I was 11 and like a couple of times after that and, you know, years surrounding there, but um, then hadn't. And so, yeah, it was in a long time. Hmm. And yeah, so I think I connect more with Gertrude now. Yeah. yeah. I found, yeah. you know, reading it for the first time at, at this age or in this time in my life, um, yeah. I could see how being a young person, I mm. would be really wrapped up, especially because when I was that age, like travel was so exciting. I mean, it still is, to be fair, but like that was such a way to discover yourself and discover the world and feel like you were becoming a, an adult and becoming who you were. So I think I, that would have really resonated with me when I was young. Yeah. Whereas now, uh, just the kind of like, I guess the the act of falling in love for the first time and the kind of richness of, of that story from Gertrude. Is- and also I think that the nature of war, I think if I'd have read when I was 11, that would have slightly gone over my head, like the intensity of it. Whereas I was reading it now and I was like, yeah, Churchill did make that deal with Hitler. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever talks about. Uh, but I felt so much, my knowledge of, of that period was both politically and societarily so much more aware now 
but also the understanding of what that means for people and emotionally. And so a lot of the challenge that there's that bit when um, her parents are, and her brother are like, you must stay here and do this. And she's like, hold up one second. I will decide my own life and you're going to have to run with it. And imagining that moment in what was happening, I felt not I can't I've never been in that situation, but I felt like I could really f- empathize with the emotion of that more so because I was more aware of what those struggles and challenges and, and emotion and life and trying to put all of those things together and make sense of them, mm. like sort of on a pinpoint was felt so much more connected to me than the young kid sort of running around trying to find himself, which I would have felt more connected to mm. when I was younger, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked how, um, I think when I was a kid, how seriously he seemed to be taken by everyone. Mm. So the se- like 17 year old Jacob. Um, and just, I don't know, he, he seemed to be able to, he seemed to be thinking about a lot of like deep stuff. And I was, and yeah, it was like on a trip on his own from 17. I was just really impressed by that. <laughs> I think at that age, so I'd been on a plane when I was a kid, like six or seven or something. And then I didn't go on a plane again till I was 18. So at, I was right in the middle mm. when I read the book of, I went away a lot like within the UK, but not abroad. So I was just, yeah, really wanting to travel and, like yeah, I guess just really looking forward to like being in his shoes, kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. I found another thing that I found really beautiful, and I think um, I would really love to spend more time with this book talking about kind of your experience with it than um, going too far into the plot line. Um, but suffice to say that I mean Jacob is on this journey of self discovery. So he's gone. He's gone to Amsterdam to go to a ceremony that's a memorial for this this battle uh, that uh, older Jacob, 1944 Jacob, uh, fought in and, um, and ultimately did not survive. Um, and so you're kind of watching both stories unfold as it gets closer and closer to this memorial. He's he's kind of discovering a little bit more and more about that person and, and why it's kind of tied into his own life. But while he's doing that, he's discovering a lot about sexuality. He's discovering, you know, how to kind of stand on his own two feet in the world. Um, and meanwhile, on the other side of things, um, Gertrude is is kind of having similar discoveries. She's falling in love for the first time. And um, then obviously she's, she's, like you said, taking a stand about like making her own decisions in life. So there's this kind of parallel thing that runs through it, which is really interesting. And to see kind of in the end how those stories connect is really beautiful. But one of the things just for this podcast specifically that I absolutely love that was kind of like a a secondary storyline that weaved its way throughout the whole book was uh, young Jacob's um, love uh, for Anne Frank Mm, um, and for the diary and how that book, there were so many beautiful passages about how much he felt connected to her um, from reading her words and from reading that book over and over and highlighting passages. And he felt like he knew her and he was like in love with her. And then he went to like see her space and he felt like, you know, these these things, like he knew them, but they weren't the same. And like that, that power that a book can have over your life was like so, it resonated so yeah. much with me, especially just based on this podcast and why we do it. Um, and I was so in love with that kind of secondary storyline that that kind of weaved its way through and connected the two stories because obviously, uh, you know, the Anne Frank story was was during um, World War Two. So I um, 
just wanted to say that I found that really there's beautiful. A, there's a really <laughs> funny bit when he finds out from, I've forgotten her name, Hilda? Yeah. Hilla. Yeah. Mm. And she says, oh, have you read the other Anne Frank book? And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I, and I, literally, like, I need to get it. Middle of this graveyard, I could literally see him stamping his feet going, what is this other book? What are you talking about? Where can I get this? What's going on? And I, I, could, I was... Just laughing, Alex, like, I've definitely done that when someone has said, have you read so-and-so's new or have you seen this or have you seen this version? And I'm like, hold the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, 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 how did I, how was I not the first person to be told about this because I am the biggest fan? And it just made me laugh. He had this sort of, he's literally just seen the flowers be laid on his grandfather's grave and he's stomping his feet because he does not know <laughs> that there's another version of the book that he loves mm-hmm. and it in that moment kind of brings that the past and, and the future and all those things together because he's just like this is this is the thing that grounds me in my life when I'm here with my grandparent and all of this stuff and I just it make me laugh a lot yeah <laughs> so you said you read this book when you were 11 I think yeah I think around that age can yeah. you do you want to tell us kind of the story of how this book came to you and why it means so much to you yes so my godmother gave it to me um I'm not religious now but um when I was this is kind of side story when I was eight I decided I wanted to be christened and got really into that stuff um <laughs> yeah sure um, and I my parent, well, my mum was trying to find people that would be godparents for me. Um, no one would be my godfather, so my dad is my dog, my my dog father. <laughs> wow, I have a fairy dog mother. So <laughs> and then they like found someone uh, in the village, <laughs> like, basically. The yeah, <laughs> you'll do. Yeah, <laughs> she likes God now. We need a woman. Come yeah, <laughs> she'll get over it when she's nine. <laughs> Yeah, basically, they found someone that like my mum had met in church who was nice, called Mary, um, and asked if she would be my godmother. I got that right. Yeah, I didn't say dogmother. Um, and yeah, so she ended up being like involved in my life. Um, she was very sweet, and she gave me this book when I was again, yeah, a kid. I was definitely too young to read it, really. So that's kind of why I guess around eleven. Um, and I don't think she'd read the book. I think she just knew it had got this award and that was why she gave it to a child. <laughs> yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, there's some subject matter in here yeah. that would be questionable for a, a godparent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she wasn't like a, a very, what's the word? She wasn't like super strict godparent telling me what to do and things. But I also think that she hadn't read it. So, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of where it began. And then just a kind of funny side thing was my mum ended up picking up the book when I was like partway through reading it. I'd left it lying around. And I think she opened it on the page where um, Gertrude is trying to hide Jacob and he gets an erection. Yeah. And my mum like brought this. I'm sorry, but I love that. I love it. She's lying on top of him (laughs) in the bed. Yeah, I was literally. Didn't I text you? And I was like, I can't read this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very much single at the moment, and I was like, the way that was written, I was like, <laughs> sexual tension. Oh my word! Yeah, it's very, very tense. What did your mother think? <laughs> this can't. isn't a appropriate book for my 11 year old. Thanks, Godmother Mary. Yeah. I thought you seemed sweet. She, she Ooh, she's devilish. She brought it up with a lot of like, I don't know, she with humor. 
Um, she didn't t- take the book away from me. Oh, cool. So she just kind of said, mm, she thought I it would look calm at the down. book. And so she had a conversation with you about it. Yeah. I think I probably would have avoided the conversation as much as possible, like got away from it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's just kind of funny to me. Always been funny. That yeah. Book from my god. <laughs> of all the pages to open it to as well. Like, because it's not. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot. No, there's like, what, like two, there's, maybe three. There's max two moments. penis bits, I think. <laughs> I think. Oh, no, three, because there's the one where she's washing. Yeah. Yeah, three. Well, then, and also but Tom. That's innocent. And, to- and Tom. Okay, so Which four. is very early on. <laughs> that's yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's even more like, oh my that's goodness. That's that. Yeah, yeah because you We have- won't give that away. <laughs> I, I like the surprise of that moment, mm. so I'd rather leave that <laughs> is, as a spoiler. Is that when you messaged saying you were confused? No, actually. I don't okay. I, I think I would. No, because you asked me why and I didn't respond. Uh, I was just, I think I was really early on, and I was. I am the type of person that is very smug about being able to guess the way things are going before they happen. And with this story, I was very frustrated for like quite a long time trying, I kind of could see some like hazy connections, but I couldn't wrap my head around exactly what the kind of twist was going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I vaguely got there, but it it wasn't like smack in the face obvious where I'd be like, ha ha ha. So I think it was still, especially at that point, I, I had just started it. And I'm usually like two pages in, like, I know exactly where this is going. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't figure it out. So it wasn't specifically mm. that. I was just like, what? What, are, what is the connection between these two stories? I really don't understand I'm it. I'm on a weird... Sorry. Anyway. That's okay. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah. So I guess it had, it had an impact because the kind of themes that it's got in the book were, I, I think, the first time I'd really read about them. Um, so about like bisexuality and just like exploring sexuality and um, polyamory as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bisexual polyamory. Let's just yeah. get them all yeah, yeah. in. Yeah. Um, euthanasia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Polyamory to euthanasia is great. Yeah. <laughs> and just, yeah, just like all that stuff. It is and some then, very mature topics for a young adult yeah, yeah, yeah. novel and this is a young adult novel yeah yeah 100 percent, unquestionably so but it does you're right like there's it's not just one theme it's loads and loads of like different you know you've got war you've got euthanasia you've yeah. got you know all of this sexuality stuff um but all of those things are kind of done which i think why it works as a young adult book in that sort of that transition point of people going from being very much a child under their parents' rule and having to step into their own identity and their own selfhood. They're all kind of done in that way. So, like, it when it's um, Gertrude, when she's young and she's looking after this soldier and she's like, I've had to do things in the last few weeks that I shouldn't have had to do and I've done it and because of that, you know, I'm, I'm learning about these things. And then with Jacob, it's like he's on this trip and he's learning about stuff and he's learning about himself. And he even says a few times, I can be more myself here than I've ever been at home. And so it's all in that young person transitioning to become the adult that they'll become mm. which is why it's kind of perfect context for a young adult yeah i mean I, I wish i had read this book when i was younger <laughs> like i actually mm. really love this book yeah I, yeah I loved it i think that's what and Alison, you know like <clears throat> how much i struggled to pick up which book i wanted to talk yeah. about because <laughs> i was just like as a, in adulthood i think there's so many books that have an impact but i couldn't pick one um, whereas this got me at an age yeah. where it was just all of that stuff that I I don't know where like where I was learning about that stuff otherwise. I yeah. mean, I probably wasn't really. And so 
whilst it was quite young to be reading that stuff, it was useful, I think. Well, too. especially as well in the 90s, like the big, I'm going to make a weird reference now, um, but people weren't having those conversations. And the big moment that I remember becoming aware of sort of LGBT anything was when Stephen Gately of Boyzone came out as gay and it was like a massive thing. It was a huge thing, especially in Ireland. It was like enormous that this guy in a pop band that everyone loved and was huge had come out and said, I'm gay. And especially that all the other lads around him had said, we support him, he's our brother, we love him. That was a huge moment. And that was a moment that I remember being massive because it was kind of you weren't supposed to have this conversation you weren't supposed to be this and you're supposed to keep it secret but also sort of thinking oh that you can be something else like there is you can Mm. be who you want to be and that was kind of the first time I remember there being any conversation any narrative that was happening in the home or on tv or anything that I was aware of and it and even at school like I don't it wasn't conversations that people weren't sat around talking about bisexuality or polyamory mm. or LGBT or euthanasia it just which, weren't yeah which now is so much which part is of the now narrative. yeah so I can imagine reading this book in the nineties when that just wasn't part of the narrative would have mm. been like a real introduction to hold up a second yeah everything I've seen before has been like nice white people being married and having two kids mm. and actually, you know, they're very heterosexual, very heteronormative little 2.4. Wasn't there even a comedy show called 2.4 Children? I think there was. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> so literally to the point where everything is that and then suddenly it's like, that's not all there is. Mm. Yeah. And it's it was really interesting for me rereading it. So like I a couple of years ago, I did a master's in gender studies Ooh, and I never really, so it was really good. It was really good. <gasps> Don't you just love Judith Butler? Yeah. <laughs> but um like re- it was just really interesting reading this book because I thought my interest in the gender studies stuff and why I went to do the masters there like on it in it around it <laughs> was because um of just things I'd been learning about a few years before that. Um but then when I was reading this I was like ah maybe it all started earlier. <laughs> <laughs> So, like yeah. this maybe planted the seed before you. Yeah. It's kind of one of those unconscious things that yeah. follows you. And just kind of the idea of like, um, they're not just being one way, like you've kind of said, like not one way to do things and the the social norms that you're made to feel um, aren't the only way to do it. And I think, again, that's why it was useful reading it at that kind of age. Mm. And did you, you, so you said you've read it a few times between now and then were there were there things you do even remember are there things that you kind of like picked up like what brings you back to read it again and again other Mm. than the fact that of course you you obviously have this wonderful nostalgic connection and it was a gift to you from someone really special in your life is there a reason you keep coming back to it other than that or things that you've discovered in second and third and fourth kind of readings yeah so a lot of that I probably can't remember because it was like a few readings but a, a long time ago yeah um but I think I think maybe just there being a book that was talking about stuff that other books weren't Were. so much that I was mm-hmm. reading I'm mad I'm, I'm just kind of guessing that that's what kind of kept taking me back um how to say this oh, it's a tough question to say here I think I've I've never identified as straight and this book was the first book where you weren't just straight or gay. And I just liked that. And I just liked that there was kind of this, and maybe that's why I kept going back. I think that it just had a big impact on me for that reason. 
why I enjoyed it again reading it now is I'm in a long-term relationship with a man <laughs> and so everyone assumes I'm I'm straight and so when I it was just really nice reading a book where the main character wasn't like oh he's attracted to a man must be gay like mm. that's that's the end of that and yeah it's just more nuanced yeah no I I mean now that you mention it I can't think of another especially not a young adult book normally it's kind of one way or the other and there's some really beautiful books about you know uh, discovering you're, you know, you're gay or you're, you're a lesbian or you, you know, you fancy this or that. But you're right. There's no hard lines drawn in this book. It's really, it's very much you're just attracted to a person. And it's not, it, it doesn't come with this like massive kind of dramatic thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it is very subtle and very nuanced and like, I actually kind of didn't really think of that myself, but now that you mention it, especially in that context, it, it is it is quite beautiful how it's it's just reads like that's just an, a natural thing, as it is, yeah. and it should be. Well, there's mm-hmm. a, it, I, I agree. Yeah, I liked exactly the same thing because there's this mad thing that we do with love. <laughs> Going like right, right to the crux I love it. it. <laughs> For like some cracker's reason, love is the one emotion that we have that we have decided to define with a physicality. Like, no other emotion. Like, we don't do straight happiness. Like, I'm only happy when I'm with a man, or I can only share happiness with a man, or I can only share sadness with a woman, or I'm bisexual about anger. Like, we don't define any emotion by such a determined identity of physicality other than love. And love, we've decided, has to have such a finite physical form to it. And that's weird to me. I don't get that. That doesn't make sense. If I can experience all other emotions of all people, why suddenly is love the one which is like has to be so defined by a physicality of self? That's weird. And I love that this book was like, you are attracted to, you feel things for, you feel joy, you feel happiness, you feel love, you feel sadness, you feel anger with all these people. And it's not defined in such a finite way. And that's not what we tend to do as a society. We tend to say, this is how it is. And this is the shape that this emotion fits into, in which we don't do have any other emotion. And I liked that that was just done so subtly in this book. It wasn't questioned. It wasn't And it wasn't revealed. like, this is what this book is yeah. about. It wasn't like, this is how I feel because I am this. It was just, here are some emotions that I'm having with this person. And that is what all emotions are. And that is what love is. And it's always felt weird to me that we do it any other way. And I loved that they, he didn't do that in this book. Yeah. I like how you put that. I do too. Mm. This is a good book, isn't it? Just <laughs> 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 discovering now how good there's, it actually is. Well, there's something lovely, I think, about doing this podcast that we will often, and we'll be back and forth and we'll be reading these books, and obviously whoever's brought it to us loves it, and we'll be like, I love this bit. But actually, the great thing about, and we've said this before, the great thing about a book is that you can love it in your own space, with your own self, and in that moment you're reading it, but actually sharing and talking about it with someone else brings out all of these other things where it's like, hold on a second. I love that. I love that. This is great. No, that, I mean, excites me. And you did message me, because I I messaged her a couple times, I think, as I was nearing the end, and and you said, like, oh, I'm so excited. You said you've never talked to anyone else that's read this book before. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I... I, I was kind of okay with if you guys didn't like it. Like, obviously, I'd rather that you'd spent your time on a book that you, you know, got something from. But I kind of, I would would have been just happy to talk about it and what you didn't like about it. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it is kind of a bonus or at least you enjoyed it. <laughs> with someone that understands the references and can see them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, yeah, genuine excitement to just kind of 
talk about it with people yeah. that have read it's it. It's a great <laughs> bit to talk about as well, because I think it's... so many layers. Yeah, and because we are adults, well, I mean, we try. In, in numbers. Yeah, yeah. in numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Not in any other way. But because we do have that ability to also, with hindsight, have an understanding of the world and of society and how it's working, which is not so much what Jacob has, but he's trying to have um, some of those layers that maybe you wouldn't see when you're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, reading this book as an adult who has lived through some of those experiences or has learned about some of those experiences. It really brings this book out in a way which, you know, it comes off the page in a way which you can explore so many more themes and yeah it's just it's more expansive i think than you would initially think reading it as a young person it's it's like you said it's kind of part of the reasons that part of the reason we started this podcast and part of the reasons it brings us joy time and time again is that idea that there is something special about reading a book loving it and then the first thing you want to do is like give it to everyone you know yeah. like you have to read this you have to read this you have to read this cuz i want to talk to you about it so the fact that we get to do this now like every two weeks for us, is such a treat. And I mean, I don't know if we're just getting really lucky in that we haven't found a book we haven't mm. liked or taken something from. Even and like all 10 have been new to us, I think, other than the ones we obviously Other than the ourselves. ones we picked. Yeah. I think yeah. they've all been new We to hadn't us. read any of the other ones, which is, yeah. well, you read you read The Bloody Chamber. Oh, yeah, I had read but, The Bloody Chamber. But other than that. Yeah. Um, but it's just such a, like, such an absolute treat. And, and I hope, I mean... Already, the next one you've already read the yeah, next book. I'm you've done. I'm ahead of it, and I'm so excited to read it. But like, not only are we discovering like amazing books, but we're having these like really interesting and fun conversations with people that we know to varying degrees. I mean, neither of us really know you, and it's such a joy getting to know you through this book. Um, but it's just such a treat. I'm just like gushing that I, I just feel really happy. <laughs> Alison's having this. an episode ten moment, <laughs> I'm having a moment, even though we totally <laughs> forgot that that's what it was. <laughs> On this tenth episode, I just um, want to look back. This <laughs> <laughs> is the retrospective. <laughs> um, it's a really cool thing that you're both doing. Oh gosh, yeah. thank you. It's I mean, really we. Cool. I think, and I hope that our guests like enjoy the experience as much as we do because I know we walk away from it every time we record being like that was so yeah, amazing and we're always and so miserable before yeah and then today we come here today we were quite happy because yeah. Soho was nice yeah but normally we're like uh, we're like rushed <laughs> or grumpy or whatever and then we sit down have this conversation and then walk away like feeling yeah. you know 10 pounds lighter and just like you know really really and I think joy. something that this book did really well and, and as I was reading it and a lot of the themes that we've already, have already discussed and it's true of all of the books we've done so far is on paper, like the synopsis will say, this is a book about this thing. And then you read the book and you're like, hold up a second. This is a book about this, 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 this. This is gender and sexuality and war and euthanasia and life and memory and time and selfhood and identity and uh, like revelation and secrets. And when is it good to keep a secret? When is it not good? And like moral philosophy, like there's loads in this book that you would not know you were going to get. And maybe you'd get some of it if you read it by yourself, but when you bring people together that have, have read it and shared it, then you get so much more. And that is the beauty of literature, the end goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all read more books. <laughs> I guess there's no episode 11. <laughs> We've worked out the secret of literature. <laughs> this is it. There's nothing left to say. One other thing I really like from the book, which I'll just kick myself if I don't mention, is his mention of his mouse moods. Yes. And it was really strange for me to read it because... So over the past like um, year or so, I've been 
aware of like anxiety and stuff and like what I can do to make try and be less anxious um and when I get into the space where I'm I find it difficult to speak up and I don't want to take up space I think of it as like I'm a little mouse and that's just been this way I've started thinking of it as like um and I'm at first I was kind of like oh I hate the little mouse like I'm really annoyed at it like just be brave um but now I'm kind of like moving to a bit of like mm, just be nice to it like you you can't always just be kind of loud and whatever um but so it was just really funny when I reread it and he talks about these mouse moods and I was like ah I wonder whether that's where I got the mouse Did from you have or yeah, I mean ob- yeah obviously it's like something that people use like that kind of imagery but yeah, yeah. so I like that too and well, I was gonna say we both uh, clocked I, that I when that reading your you. blog I literally said to you yes. yesterday I was like I like the mouse thing so many mouse things yeah. <laughs> um, and this is our second bit where there's been mouse strong, peril mouse like strong theme of mouse <laughs> and Mr. Jingles in the Green Mile was also like that he was brave and like strong and he was that thing that gave people their strength and then in this you have the mouse moods and he says quite a lot I'm not brave Anna, am I I'm not courageous but it's exactly that, that thing of like you have to learn to love those hard parts of yourself yeah slash read three books in a day because you're so anxious you can't be in your brain which is what I did (laughs) but I think like what you just said was actually really poignant which is that like yes you want to like resist that and be like angry at it and hate it when you're like that but I think there is something to be said for just being a little gentler to yourself and to that part of yourself because you can't kill it you know like it's it's going to be there in one way or another maybe not as often as sometimes you know maybe not as often sometimes as others yeah. but um i think it is something to be said to to just be a little kinder to the parts of yourself that you're not so fond of because they're still part of who you are yeah definitely and to listen to that voice as well even though it's a quiet little mouse like sometimes it's really easy to just be like shut up mm. <laughs> but often the that little voice is trying to tell you something which um or you whether, can learn something you from le- yeah. the moments so that you feel that way it's why do i feel like this what is this thing that i'm experiencing if you listen and you learn to understand what you're experiencing then you can learn mm. a better way to deal with it or you know it's there's something happening in that moment that you need to be aware of and it's so much easier to just try and drown it out and shut it down and, and mm. stamp on the mouse and quieten it and get rid of it um but yeah it's 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 small but it's it has it's something that it needs to teach you so joe i feel like you in many ways have probably already answered this question but just to tie it up in a nice little bow <laughs> um who would you recommend this book to and why Oh, um, yeah, I guess kids, maybe not 11 year olds, because I'd feel strange giving them this book. <laughs> Especially after we've said erection and penis. Listen, Mary did yeah, it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I've got a 10 year old nephew and I just can't imagine. He borrows a lot of my books. Mm. Um, um, often a bit like, should he be reading that? Not for the same reasons. It's more um, kind of books that might be a bit scary for him to read. Mm-hmm. He's 10. Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I guess teenagers, yeah. And, I mean, also I think there are adults that, I, yeah, like Hi. you we, too. We liked yeah. it. We, we enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, think, I think everyone could take something from it. Yeah. But I agree. I think, like, in that age where you are figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. This I feel like be a any transitional period of your life, and especially when you're looking at themes like, gender and sexuality like there's not really a cutoff point to when 
your transitional period begins or ends at that point we all come to define our, well define ourselves or be defined by others at different points and in different ways I agree what I just shared about my sexuality if my friends and family listen to us it'll be news to most of them so oh, hi guys. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah no that? it's fine that's why it took me a while to say it when I was like how am I gonna say this but no 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 I am I, am. I appreciate just, you being so candid so with you, us you, you know like yeah I, oh, thank I, you. I, I agree yeah <laughs> oh, cool. with, with what you're saying um yeah it is one of those things that I yeah, think... Yeah, it ebbs and flows. Yeah, I mean, I'm still figuring it out. There are moments where I'm like, hmm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> you just need to read this this book. Again yeah. and again and again. Keep reading it and one day you'll find out. <laughs> Beat myself about the, the head. <laughs> um, awesome. And have you... I'm very, very, very excited because I flagged so many quotes yeah, in this book. It's so beautifully written, but I am interested to see which yes. quote you chose to end us off with. Should I just read it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here we go. What a need we humans have for confession to a priest, to a friend, to a psychoanalyst, to a relative, to an enemy, even to a torturer when there is no one else. It doesn't matter so long as we speak out what moves within us. Even the most secretive of us do it if no more than writing in a private diary. And I've often thought as I read stories and novels and poems, especially poems, that they are no more than the author's confessions transformed by their art into something that confesses for us all. Indeed, looking back on my lifelong passion for reading, the one activity that has kept me going and given me the most and only lasting pleasure, I think this is the reason that explains why it means so much to me. The books, the authors who matter the most are those who speak to me and speak for me all those things about life I most need to hear as the confession of myself. <laughs> We're both crying now. That is the most perfect. That's absolute perfection of a quote. That <laughs> also, bit, you should read yeah. audiobooks because you have a lovely That was so voice. nice. Do you want to come Thanks. and read the next thing on my TV? I'll just tweet me. <laughs> That was when I read that as well during. Yeah, I'm my pretty actual, certain I. Yeah, I definitely a, took a picture. Mm. That got me. Joe, thank you for being here. That was such a delightful conversation. Yeah, I have so many much. feelings in my heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Do you, you want to talk about them? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I do is talk about this. Um, do you want to um, tell listeners where they can find you online, your blog, social, anything you want to share? Yes. So my website where the blog is, is misswoodforthetrees.com. And you know you're there because there's a little fox on the page. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess you can also find me on Instagram, which is jdwoof. Yep. <laughs> and... I'm on social media. I mean, social media. Oh, God. I sound really... I'm like 10 she years sounds old. Like sounds, sounds like me. Sounds mom. like my no. mum. I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter, too. <laughs> Joe Wood, but Wood spelled W-O-U-L-D because I thought that would be funny rather oh, than my name, good. which is W-O-O-D. We will link to all of these in the show notes sure. for ease of access. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your book. Thank you for thank your book. Thank you a lot for your thank book. You I, I loved it. It's I really so loved good. it. Thank you, Gave me all the feels. And if you have a book, try to find one as, as amazing as this one. Good luck. Um, <laughs> you can uh, find us on yaopod.com and apply to be a guest. We get a little bit of a cue now. Yeah. I'm very excited any about it. Any book of any genre. Yeah, we've got a graphic novel about economics coming up. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> who saw that coming? Because we'd also, I'm genuinely scared of maths. I have an absolute phobia. So this That's is going to be That's why I feel like this firm. is a perfect way to like, graphic novel. I'm going to be like, T plus what is nine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, 
once again, that, that's a perfect example. Yeah. Any genre, any style of book, we would love to chat to you about it. We're on the socials. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Yalpod. We're on Facebook. There is a group. Come and chat to us. Yeah, and Gail's in there. She'll Gail. chat to you. That's my mom, if you haven't figured that out yet. Should we do a little shout out to her? Yes, you can also find us on Patreon. So if you like what you're, if you like what you're doing, if you like what we're doing here um, and you want to show that financially, yeah. uh, if you want to help us keep kind of creating great content, keep us in books. Uh, I mean, the hours it takes to read the books. <laughs> Just feed our addiction so for literature. Um, you can make a small donation one time monthly to that. Um, and you also get access to bonus content. If you want to hear us yak more um, <laughs> than we already do, please, by all means. Um, you can also pay to shut us up. Maybe we should put that on Ooh. there. That would be a good one. If we reach a certain <laughs> oh amount, we'll stop, stop talking. <laughs> and then you can have your break that you want. Yeah. 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 Fund our break. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. Uh, I would like to shout out uh, our newest patron, Lucy Bristow. Thank you so Hi, much, Lucy. Lucy. We love you. Uh, she's actually going to be a guest too so <laughs> that's exciting uh, so stay tuned for that but yeah if you uh, would like a shout out on the podcast a bookmark a badge all sorts of fun stuff uh, as well as uh, extra content uh, from Beck and I please uh, head to patreon.com slash yowpod and we'll see you there um, so yeah I guess uh, until next time bye 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 <laughs> <laughs>